Hello, Josh Colini with you on Afropop Worldwide, or should I say the Peabody Award-winning Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. That's right. In case you didn't hear, we just won the rarely given Peabody Institutional Award. The Peabody's are the oldest and most prestigious award in electronic media. And the Institutional Award honors us for the entire 27-year body of our work. Bravo to our creative team, to our stations, and to you for your most excellent taste. We're on the red carpet outside of the swanky Cipriani Wall Street restaurant in downtown Manhattan. Banks of photographers are shooting the winners. Ahead of us is Neil deGrasse Tyson, who has won a Peabody for Cosmos. And there are also producers from Frontline and CNN. And behind us is Sarah Koenig, creator of Serial, the first podcast to win a Peabody. And there is John Oliver and Amy Schumer. It's really a huge honor to be included in such a distinguished group of storytellers. At its heart, that's what the Peabody's are all about. Excellence in storytelling and stories that matter. That's the Peabody mantra. We've stepped into Cipriani, where some 800 guests are seated. This is a very special award. The MC for the evening is the hilarious Fred Armisen, Saturday Night Live alum and Portlandia star. Fred introduces Mr. Jerry Moorhead, the president of the University of Georgia, the home of the Peabody's for 74 years. Mr. Moorhead is welcoming honorees. Congratulations on this significant accomplishment. You have excelled beyond your peers to produce the most compelling electronic media. You join a distinguished group of Peabody Award winners who have reached the pinnacle in their crafts and in their careers. So let us give these talented winners a round of applause. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, what we're going to do today is savor some of our favorite stories over the last 27 years. Because from the very beginning in 1988, when NPR launched us, not only did we want to bring you the music of world-class artists, Yusundur, Umu Sangare, Cesaria Evora, Angelique Kidjo, Gilberto Gil, and so many others, we also wanted to tell their extraordinary stories. So let's start with one of our favorites, Maestro Ali Farkaturé, telling the story of his beloved hometown in northern Mali, Nyafunke. In the Timbuktu region, on the edge of the Sahara Desert in northern Mali, the town of Nyafunke nestles on the west bank of the Niger River. Men pull long-pointed wooden boats slowly by. Other boats move more quickly by sail, past the flocks, the fields, and the hippos lazing in the water. From the river's banks come the mud bricks, used for centuries to build houses, and the ancient walls, which separate the family compounds from sand streets. In the dry season, when the desert winds called Harmattan blow almost constantly, 
the Niger recedes, leaving a vast flat plain which the Songhoi people here farm and use to graze their animals. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide, making a pilgrimage to Nyafunke, Mali, where the internationally renowned artist Ali Farka Touré lives. C'est une ville que j'aime beaucoup. C'est une ville de la paix. C'est une ville de travail. That's Ali Farka Touré saying, Nyafunke is a town that I love very much. It's a town of peace, a town of work. Not a big town, but very social. In Nyafunke, we are preoccupied with things other than politics. Above all, we are involved with the fields, the animals, construction. Here in Nyafunke, I have 10 children and also plenty of neighbors, friends, sisters and brothers. When I'm not in Nyafunke, I'm not happy. Inside his walled compound, in the main room of his house, Farka, as everyone here calls him, plays a black steel string guitar and sings. He's joined by a friend from childhood, Guidado, playing the traditional one-stringed violin called Njarka. Kidado has a smiling, weather-beaten face, grey beard and a white turban wrapped around his head. Here's Ali Farka Touré and Guidado, live from Yafunke. Babu, 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 Babu,
Ah yes, beautiful, Ali Farkatouré, recorded by Afropop Worldwide, live in Nyafunke, Mali, his hometown. As you know, we love Mali, and over the years, it's been a delight introducing you to other extraordinary Malian artists. Toumani Djabate, Basse Koukouyate, Habib Kwate, Lobby Traoré, Kaira Arbi, Jelly Maditunka. If you're just joining us, I'm Georges Collinet, and we are celebrating winning a Peabody, and we are loving it. From Mali, we go to another epicenter of Afropop, right in the heart of Africa. That's right. Congo, or Zaire, as it was called in 1985, when our fearless founder, Sean Barlow, first went to Kinshasa and met the amazing Franco, or Luambo Makiadi, a very good friend. He's generally hailed as one of the half-dozen most influential African artists of the 20th century. Here's Franco playing acoustic guitar and singing for us at his home. Boya ma kambuzali minene Franco a pelerina Mericao Franco a pelerina Bruxelles Franco a pelerina Paris Balobi ma kambuzali minene ma kambuzali minene beaucoup beaucoup that's Franco, composer, singer, guitarist, and band leader, playing an excerpt from his song, Macombo Ezali Minene, a kind of praise song for himself. It's about his international tours to Paris, Brussels, and America. Here is another song by Franco called Très Impoli, meaning very impolite. 
Frankel is criticizing someone who does things like smoking in an office where they don't like smoke, or comes into your home, takes his shoes off, and put his smelly feet on the dining room table. Mmm! Never wanted to get on the bad side of Franco. 
Sean met Franco in a bar in Kinshasa and uh, Franco told him, well, you know, we Africans know Aretha Franklin, James Brown, Otis Redding, but you Americans don't know African music. Why? <laughs> Good question. That became the driving force behind doing Afropop worldwide. Georges Collinet with you. Now, you probably know I'm from Cameroon, from the heart of the rainforest in Central Africa. Mamako, mamasa, mamamakosa, mamako, mamasa, mamamakosa, yo. Back in the day, in the mid-1980s, Makosa from Cameroon was blowing up on dance floors all over Africa and Paris. I'm going to take the home team advantage here and play you one of my favorite Cameroonian artists, Monibile. This is from our Makosa hit parade. Let's get this party going.
All right, money belay from Cameroon. Okay, the moment you've been waiting for. Here's the recording of when the Afropop team took the Peabody stage at Cipriani to receive our award. The setup was beautiful. Photos of our work in Madagascar and Cuba and clips of me narrating our Hip Deep in Madagascar program. Then, on signal, Sean Banning and Michael Jones strode on stage. Take it away, Sean. Thank you so much uh, to the uh, Peabody Awards, to Jeff and his staff, his hardworking staff, going through all, all 1,200 awards, uh, or the nominees, and also to the jurors. Um, and uh, it's just such an honor to be here for, for our team. Um, I want to just introduce briefly uh, Banning Air, who's our senior editor and producer, and also Michael Jones, who's our senior audio engineer, who makes this all sound so good. Let's give it up for these gentlemen. And uh, the man who actually should be here tonight, you just heard on the, on the radio, is uh, the one and only Georges Collinet, who really wanted to be here but could not make it, but he is here with us in spirit. Let's give an applause to Georges Collinet. And our biggest applause really are to the artists uh, all across Africa, all across Latin America, the Caribbean, places like Lisbon and Paris and London and New York for their amazing uh, art, their amazing music, who welcomed us into their homes, their recording studios, uh, who enable us to share their music and their stories. Let's give that for the artists. You've heard a little bit of the soundtrack tonight that we produced out of the corner of your ears. Anjali Kicho, Cesare Evera, Yusun Dur, Baba Mal, Gilberto Gil, Los Municitos de Matanzas. These are phenomenal artists who are becoming known better and better through the work of us and other people who are passionate about sharing the world's music with Americans and the global citizenry. And Danny, please. Thank you. Talk about stories with a long production line. We've been telling stories about how the coming of Islam to North Africa prefigures the blues, how the aspirations of black South Africans looking at America created the, laid the groundwork for Graceland, so many stories. These are, the magic of Afropop Worldwide is it's about music, it's about the here and now, it's about the thing that makes us want to sing and dance and be in the moment, and yet it's telling us stories about the time before any of us were born, before our parents were born. It's, it's deep and it's immediate all at the same time, and that's the magic of Afropop. Stay tuned, many great stories to come. Thank you. All right, bravo guys, bravo Afropop. You know, Afropop is a dream come true. For over 35 years, I've been on radio on The Voice of America, pushing American music to the world. But I always wanted to get African music better known around the world, and primarily in the United States of America, my new country. And Afropop gave me that chance.
You know, some of our most popular programs in our 27 years of being on the air are the Cooking with Georges episodes, Cooking to the Beat. That's where I get to cook some of my favorite African dishes for your inspiration. And of course, we have to have good cooking music. And sometimes I'd visit a guest chef. This time, when I was living in beautiful Cape Town, South Africa, I met fantastic chef Fadela Williams. International Meltdown from their album Jazzin Universally. Georges Collinet cooking with you in Cape Town. Our sugar bean curry is still stewing, but we have roti to get busy with, right, Faldela? And this is cake flour that I've got in here, regular flour. Yeah. Huh? And then all we're adding to that is some salt. You mix it into a very soft bread dough. Mm -hmm. you know, but there's no yeast, of course. There's no raising agent yeah, in here. Okay. Uh, this is a very popular dish in Cape Town, the mm -hmm. roti. It's well rested now. It's yes. nice and pliable. And now we pull and roll at the same time. Pull and roll. Pull, to stretch the dough a little bit. Hey, are you starting to get the hang of making roti? Well, good. And if not, not to worry. I'll give you the recipe. Going east from Cape Town, round the tip of South Africa and heading out into the Indian Ocean, we come to another place where Africa and Asia joined forces. Madagascar. And now, I have the pleasure of debuting Tarika's dance remix of one of the songs from the album. The song is called Raitre. Remember, you can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. I'm Georges Collinet. You're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. We started with Ali Farka Touré in Mali, moved to Franco in Zaire, or Democratic Republic of Congo, if you prefer, and now we are in South Africa. South Africa has always been one of our focus countries. We first went there in 1988 in the bad old days of apartheid and interviewed leading artists such as Ray Piri, Lucky Dubé, the Soul Brothers, Marlatini and the Mahotela Queens, Dorothy Masuka, who all, in their own ways, 
We're trying to help their fans make it through those really difficult times. And of course, there's Mama Africa. Artist and activist Miriam Makeba, who was living abroad when our program started. We caught up with Miriam later on, after 1994, in a new democratic South Africa. They call me Mazi, Mama Zed, which is my name, African name is Zenzi. So most South Africans call me Mazi. The world also calls her Mama Africa, Miriam Makeba. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. This edition, our spotlight on Africa's international music ambassador, human rights and anti-apartheid activist, inspiration for generations of women artists, mother and grandmother, Ms. Miriam Makeba, and the birthing of her first international release in six years. I was like uh, struggling and suffering for about six years without an album and it seemed like no one really wanted to record me. And then I met a young man, a musician and producer by the name of Cedric Sampson and he said, I'd like to do an album with you. I said, you would? He said, yes. Here's Miriam to tell us about one of the songs she chose to record, Masakane. Masakane is a song that was written for me by one of my singers, Zamogusle Mbuto. He's from Durban uh, in Natal. There's a word that has been going around at home called Masakane. Masakane means that we must build one another and build together, which means we have to build our country together. In the song, he speaks of me, that uh, we have gone around the world pleading and, uh, uh, and telling the people about our country and the suffering and pleading for help. And um, in the world, we met people who listened. Uh, there are those who listened and then raised their voices against the injustices of apartheid, which helped us. He says we thank those people and we thank our mothers for their prayers and we thank our children for the part they played in the struggle of our country and we thank our traditional healers for their part but most of all we also thank our leaders who have taught us how to be tolerant and who say to us while we may never forget we must forgive Sixteen, 
in Johannesburg, South Africa over 10 years ago and I had the privilege of handing the Kora Music Award to Miss Miriam Makeba, Mama Africa. There's a photo of that moment on Afropop Worldwide. What a classy woman, I tell you. You know, early in the life of Afropop, after only a year plus on the air, we made the decision to change the name to Afropop Worldwide meaning Africa and the diaspora. This included some phenomenal music epicenters like Cuba and Brazil and more obscure places like Suriname and Peru. Some colleagues were alarmed. They said, hey, wait a minute, don't blur your focus. You just do one thing. But we said, no. Our cultural embrace had to tell the musical stories of Africa and wherever Africa has traveled. And I think we did the right thing. One of our strongest allies when we went worldwide was veteran Afropop producer Ned Sublet, who produced some 20 editions of The Cuban Connection, based on original research there during the 1990s and into the early 2000s. One group Ned championed was Los Muñequitos de Matanzas, masters of rumba and Afro-Cuban religious music. So when Los Muñequitos made their triumphant New York City debut in 1991, we were there to get it on tape.
de Matanzas. Wow. Recorded live by Afropop Worldwide. So we talked about Cuba a bit, and there's a treasure trove of listening and feature stories on afropop.org. I hope you make it there. I want to get back to the Peabody Awards ceremony in New York for a second. A whole family will be able to put food on the table because of the kid who got involved with the game. The family might lie to themselves, pretend they don't know where the money came from because they don't want to see their child as a criminal. But at the same time, they rely on him and the money the gang brings in. They need to flee their country because their lives are in danger. People don't want to leave their country. People don't want to leave Honduras and, and leave their families and the food they like and the beautiful country they live in and take this really dangerous trip to the United States. And if they didn't have to, they wouldn't. Well, um, hi, my name is Ron Bishop. You know me as uh, one of your longtime producers, and congratulations, Manning, on this wonderful game. Congratulations, double congratulations. That's our friend Marlon Bishop, another very talented veteran producer who's done great work for us. Marlon is one of our lead hip deep producers. Hip Deep programs, in case you don't know, uses music as a lens to explore history, musicology, religion, politics, and other subjects. Our wonderful patron for Hip Deep for 12 years is the National Endowment for the Humanities. Let's hear the opening of our two-part Hip Deep in the Rio de Janeiro series, Samba at the Dawn of Modern Brazil, produced by Marlon Bishop. Brazil, my Brazilian Brazil. Those are the opening lines of Aquarela do Brasil, a classic tune by composer Ari Barroso. It was made famous in the U.S. by a 1942 Walt Disney movie called Saludos Amigos. The film stars Donald Duck as he travels around Latin America. At the end of the film, Donald ends up in Rio de Janeiro. There, he meets a well-dressed parrot named Zé Carioca, who gives him a musical introduction to the city. Or, as you Americans say, let's go see the town. Okay, Joe, where do we go? Donald, I will show you the land of the samba. Samba? What samba? Hello, I'm Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. And that is our question today. What is Samba? And how did it come to be? At 
tell you, we have a big journey in store for you today on this special Hip Deep edition. An in-depth exploration of Samba's early history, bringing you the people, places and stories behind the creation of Brazil's most iconic sound. To bring you those stories, we'll travel back in time to the Rio de Janeiro of the early 20th century, the Rio of lavish casinos and seedy corner bars, of sly sambistas and powerful senators, and back to the glamorous golden age of radio. And plus, we'll speak with leading experts in Brazilian music and some of the top samba musicians in Rio today. All that coming up on Samba at the Dawn of Modern Brazil. So don't touch that dial. To get us started, here's a samba from Wilson Moreira and Ney Lopez. Ao povo em forma de arte. Quilombo Pesquisou suas raízes Nos momentos mais felizes De uma raça singular E veio Pra mostrar esta pesquisa Na ocasião precisa Em forma de arte popular a mais Fantastic! Samba at the dawn of modern Brazil. Love that Daffy Duck beat at the open. <laughs> we liked this segment so much we chose it to be the backbone of an education initiative. It's a multimedia website with a timeline, resource pages to amplify a topic like the first samba school, the founding of Radio Nacional, classic samba stars. It's aimed for high school and college students and lifelong learners like you and me. You can check it out by going to afropop.org forward slash Samba Story. That's afropop.org forward slash Samba Story. And tell us what you think. As you can tell, we have material for dozens of these educational units. If you are in the educational world and have some ideas how to reach more people, well, let us know. We're going to stick with Hip Deep for a bit. You know, one of our strong post-9-11 commitments has been to research the Arab-Muslim world, and Banning Air has been our fantastic lead producer here. He's done original research in Egypt, Beirut, Spain, and Morocco. 
produced a show on the famous slave revolt in the 10th century and also our fascinating series on the musical legacy of Al-Andalus. It's a centuries-long epic that changed world culture and it begins with the arrival of Arab conquerors in the 7th century medieval Spain. At the southern tip of Spain, just eight miles of water separates Gibraltar from the continent of Africa. Gibraltar is named for Tariq ben Ziyad, a Berber general who led an army across that narrow strait in the year 711 and established the first Muslim claim on European territory. Hello, Georges Coudinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. This edition, the musical legacy of Al-Andalus, Part 1, Europe, part of our continuing Hip Deep series. At its best, Al-Andalus was a place where Muslims, Jews and Christians shared their cultures freely, also a place where art, especially music, flourished. We start out with a performance of an 11th century Zajjal, a popular Andalusian song form. The poet Ibn Kuzman describes a night of revelry in what had to be the intellectual and artistic center of the Western world. Here's the medieval music ensemble Altramar. to help set the Andalusian record straight on this program. Our guide will be the author, Dwight Reynolds, a professor at the University of California in Santa Barbara. Our conversation began with history. In the early centuries of Al-Andalus, the center of culture and politics was the city of Cordoba. Well, in that first century, Cordoba moves from being literally the Wild West. It's the frontier state of the expanding Islamic empire. So it's really sort of an outpost. It's a provincial capital. The people who are appointed as governors there are actually Arabs from the east. They probably did not look forward to being stationed <laughs> so far away from home and uh, in the far, far west. And these governors oftentimes only served a couple of years. But that soon changed with the ascent of Abd al-Rahman I, the sole survivor of the Umayyad dynasty in Damascus. In the turbulent years that followed the death of the Prophet Muhammad, the Umayyads took control of his domain, launching Islam's vigorous expansion around the world. But in 750, the Umayyad clan was wiped out by the ascendant Abbasids. One young prince escaped and fled to North Africa, home of his Berber mother, and he later resurfaced as the governor of Al-Andalus. From the city of Cordoba, Abd al-Rahman and his descendants built mosques and libraries and lured the greatest scholars, poets and musicians from the East to create a society such as the world had never seen. For the rest of Europe, of course, this was the Dark Ages, a time of widespread deprivation and warfare. 
An excerpt from the Hip Deep episode, The Musical Legacy of Al-Andalus, Part 1. At the Peabody ceremony, Benning talked about the way music tells us who we are. That's the essence of Hip Deep. If you really pay attention, music unlocks secrets of history, faith, and culture like nothing else. But we can't forget that the reason music has this power is because it moves us. It always has. It makes us sing, dance, laugh, cry, remember, imagine. It makes us fight for what we believe in, and it makes us love. So let's end in that spirit with some of the most uplifting live music we've been privileged to showcase over these years. We start with the fabulous group Simba Wanika from Tanzania, recorded in Canada.
Simba Wanika, live. And how about the fantastic singer and band leader Abdel Gadir Salim from Sudan? <laughs> singer Abdel Gadir Salim. Thanks for joining us on this fantastic celebration of our Peabody Award. And by the way, Fred Arminson produced a funny spoof on the Peabody's 
and Sean and Banning were roped into it. Man, I tell you, it's a riot. Check it out on Afropop.org and you'll find there also plenty of wonderful and cool stuff from the show. And thanks for listening down through the years. Thanks also big time to our stations for bringing our show to you. And of course, a big thanks to all the many artists who have welcomed us into their homes, clubs, recording studios, all across Africa, the Americas, Europe, and North America. Thank you for sharing your sheer talent and stories. Thanks to Dr. Jeff Jones and his hardworking team at the Peabody Awards. Thanks to our awesome creative team, producers Banning Air, Ned Sublet, Sean Barlow, Marlon Bishop, Sam Backer, Saxon Baird, Morgan Greenstreet, Jesse Brandt, Wills Glashpiegel, and many others. Thanks also to our engineering team, led by Chief Audio Engineer Michael Jones, with help from Brandon Becker, Stephanie Lebeau, Mike Kaplan, Stephen Erickson. And thanks to our wonderful funders, the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts and PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the U.S. A special thanks to Rick Madden of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, who believed in our concept. To NPR, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Ford Foundation, to BET, to Merck, and to many generous individuals, including our awesome board of directors. Thanks to my Afropop partner, Sean Barlow, who had the big vision for Afropop and made it happen. Banning Air edits our website, afropop.org, and Sam Backer is our director for new media. And I'm Georges Collini. Public Radio International.